0: Hello, good morning, and welcome to episode one hundred and one of Life Song Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks, along with Phil Ramsey. Good morning, Phil. Good morning. How are you, my friend? Doing great. One hundred and one. Congratulations. That's right. We're on our way to two hundred <laughs> now. So, how are, how are you? How's your week been? It's been very good.
1: Uh, we had I'm uh, blessed and honored. You emceed the. What's the official name of it last night? Uh,
0: uh, well, Thursday night, the uh, best of the best. Yeah, best of the best, and you were the MC. I was. They, Terrible they, job. No, they <laughs> always get. Look, it's the best of the best. They get the best to do the stuff. Yeah, and, and and that's why they called me. We're good.
1: But anyway, I was uh, got photographer of the year. Praise the Lord. I'm always thankful and honored to be voted uh, uh, for that mm-hmm. by the Tipton County. The, re- the readers of the leader, I guess, mm-hmm. are the ones who voted. Yeah, and I'm uh, very grateful and honored. I didn't, I didn't like how you called me out on my <laughs> way up, and I got video to prove it. I didn't know somebody sent me a video. A friend of mine, videoed you calling me out.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. That I'm still
1: thinking about what I need to do in retaliation.
0: <laughs> I've got a couple of things up my sleeve. So uh, the category comes for best photographer, and uh, Phil wins, and I, and I call him up, and he comes up, and as he's walking up, I said, uh, I called attention to him. I wanted everybody to see the best photographer in Tipton County. That's all I did.
1: What else do you say?
0: Well, I just called attention to all the metal in your mouth.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What, almost a fifty-year-old man with metal in his mouth? I
0: said he gets you cut through a fence. Humiliated. I (laughs) did. I tell you what it did. That when you get up front, if those of you have never been, when you get up front, when you win, you take a picture with Echo from the leader. They take a picture and they They're gonna publish a. uh, a special insert in the paper i guess later on but uh phil covered his mouth for his picture with his hand <laughs> i hope they use that one i swear they'll I, mean, it. I don't care i really don't <laughs> i know you don't i wouldn't say anything if i thought it was it would hurt your feelings but uh, it was a good time yeah. i enjoyed it uh, you know several months ago brian the publisher the leader asked me if i would do it and mm-hmm. here's how that conversation went i started to tell this story last night but i didn't but uh Mayor, uh, Governor Mayor Justin Hanson is, uh, the last two years has been the one that emceed the event. And, uh, with him being mayor now, they thought, oh, no, we don't, might want not want to get in that, mm. that whole thing. So let's, uh, let's go and ask somebody else. And so he comes to me. Uh, I was actually in the leader office getting some flyers printed, picking some up. And he said, Jimmy, I got a question for you. He said, we're just talking about you this morning. I said, okay. And he said, uh, you know, we got our best of the best banquet coming up in July. He said, uh, "You know, Justin's always been the MC, but with him being mayor, he said we want to go in a different direction." He said, "We thought about you." I said, "Okay." He said, "I knew you could help us." He said, "Can you give me the name of somebody?" That can do it. <laughs> I'm playing. That's not what he said. But <laughs> You're preaching today at Crosspoint. I am Tell Crossway. Anybody. I'm not going to Crosspoint. Okay. You're just like Morgan Tanner. Crossway. Crossway. That's where I work, not cross-point.
1: Right, Jimmy's preaching this morning at Crossway. What are you preaching on?
0: Uh, stewardship of the gospel. Stewardship okay. of the gospel. So let me ask you this question. And this is a question I posed on Facebook earlier this week. I'm going to pose it to uh, to the congregation this morning. I'm going to poll them. But uh, whose job is it, Phil, to share the gospel? Every. Believer, and and that's why I asked that question because I knew that would be the response from the majority of people, just like I anticipated it being the response of the majority of the congregation this morning. Every believer, and, and, and theoretically, it is every believer's job to share the gospel. That absolutely, one hundred percent true. But what I'm going to, you know, what I, the point that I want to make uh, when we go down this path of stewardship of the gospel is, what's everybody's job becomes nobody's job hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Whatever what, what, the thing that's everybody's job becomes nobody's job because we haven't taken it personally. Mm-hmm. And so to answer that question, the, the correct way that a born again believer should answer that question is like you just said, whose job is it to share the gospel? It's mine. We have to take personal responsibility. We have to know within ourselves that we have to attack the world in such a way that we believe that even though we know it's not to be true because it is everybody's job, we have to work in a way that we that we believe that nobody will be saved and come to Christ unless we share the gospel mm-hmm. with them. So that's how we attack the world.
1: And you can go uh, another, even go a step further, everybody that I saw that commented of the people were in agreement with, it's our job. Second question, are you doing it? That's right. Have you done it? And I would venture to say that most people haven't. And then
0: the third question is, why have you not? Well, and that's the thing, that's, that's the point of saying... What's everybody's job becomes nobody's job. When you look at it as everybody's job, then, you know, I should have shared the gospel with Phil. Man, I should have shared the gospel with him. I just missed that opportunity. Ah, somebody will get it. Mm -hmm. It's everybody's job. Somebody will get it. Mm -hmm. But when I look at it as my job and solely my job, then I ain't letting you go anywhere without sharing the gospel with you. Because in my mind, you're never going to hear it unless I give it to you. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, we need to think like that. We do, absolutely. And that's where stewardship comes in proper stewardship of the gospel and taking personal responsibility for the gospel and so we're going to look through that this morning and i hope uh those of you who have uh you maybe you don't have a church home uh would invite you to come and join us we uh we begin worship at 10:45 this morning so uh, we would love to have you love to see you no no expectations uh leave your pocketbooks at home leave all that stuff at home uh just this come. is a baptist church right yeah what yeah. did you just say well you know what i'm saying <laughs> I would rather them hear the gospel. I would rather them hear the message of the word this morning. So just come uh, as you are. Don't worry about dressing up. Don't worry about anything like that. Jeans and T-shirts, just fine. So uh, no pressure, no anything like that. Just come and, and hear the word this morning with us at 1045. Right. 80, 8923 Mount Carmel Road. Right.
1: Awesome. So when we come back from the break, we are now at chapter 2 in Galatians. We'll begin with verse 11. And a pretty good lesson today. So y'all yeah. come back right after the break. And we'll dive back in to
2: Galatians. In my weakest moment I see you Shaking your head in disgrace I can read the disappointment Written all over your face Here come those whispers in my ear Saying who do you think you are Looks like you're on your own from here Cause grace could never reach that far
3: But in the shadow of that shame Beamed down by all the blame I hear you call my name Saying it's not over And my heart starts to beat so loud now Drowning out the doubt I'm down but I'm not out There's always
2: way it feels, when mercy floods a thirsty soul, the broken side begins to heal, and grace returns what guilty stole.
1: Welcome back to Life Song Radio. I'm Phil Ramsey with Dr. Jimmy Hicks by my side. We are in Chapter Two of It Just Sounds Weird. Doctor. Galatians. It is weird because it'll never happen. <laughs> no, don't no, don't don't be
0: so quick to judge, my friend.
1: Uh, so, Jimmy, start with verse eleven. Let's just just for a few seconds look back at last week and just kind of set the stage for I would. Really, you're not setting the stage because it's two different events. But last week, how would you sum that up?
0: How would I sum last week up? Well, I would say that last week we talked about uh, where where Paul uh, went. Uh, he he was opposed by the um, by by the Judaizers, uh, and so they said, "Well, you need to go up to to Jerusalem. You need to go up before uh, the." The, the council basically you need to go before the apostles, apostles is what I was looking for you need to go before them and you need to get straight that you gotta be circumcised because you're wrong and keep the law yeah and so he goes uh, he goes before him but he doesn't go Trembling and, and anything like that, he's very confident in the gospel that he's been preaching because he got it from Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so he goes before them, he speaks his peace, and they say, "No, he's right." Basically, shoot the uh, Judaizers right in the head and mm-hmm. said, "No, he's right, Bubba. Yeah. Uh, y'all are wrong."
1: And uh, gave him the right hand of fellowship. Yeah, he went back to the churches and read the you know that, the letter. Yeah, that he was right. It's just absolutely shut the mouths of the Judaizers at that point at that point but they will rise again or try to so the the grace the message of grace uh Paul was preaching was verified that it was the identical message that they were preaching also and proved the Judaizers wrong so now we're coming to uh verse 11 and I don't know how much time actually elapsed elapsed between these two events. I think there had to be it wasn't like the next week. I think there was a period of time uh, when all of this is taking place. So let's just dive through it. Let's read eleven through twenty one and then we'll go back and start breaking it down
0: all right uh, Galatians chapter 2 verse 11 but when Cephas came to Antioch I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned for prior to the coming of certain men from James he used to eat with the Gentiles but when they came he began to withdraw and hold himself aloof fearing the party of the circumcision and the rest of the Jews joined him in hypocrisy with the result that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy but when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel i said to cephas in the presence of all if you being a jew live like the gentiles and not like the jews how is that you how is it that you compel the gentiles to live like the jews We are Jews by nature and not sinners from among the Gentiles. Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through the faith in in Christ Jesus, even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, since by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Mm, That's big. But if while seeking to be justified in Christ, we ourselves have also been found sinners, is Christ then a minister of sin? May it never be. For if I rebuild what I have once destroyed, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I've died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life of which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and delivered Himself up for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for it, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died needlessly. Mm. Big time! My favorite text in the Bible, Galatians two yeah. twenty. My well, goodness. chew on this for
1: fifteen years. But oh anyway, gosh, let's uh, let's open up in prayer, dear Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to study Your Word. We just pray that your Holy Spirit be here with us and walking with us through the text. And we just we just praise your holy name and we give this time to you. It's in your Son's precious name that we pray, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, Jimmy, we have an issue. We have a big issue. It started a long time ago. And this whole lesson is, or the text, is justification by faith alone but we see that works is coming into the equation and I was sitting here thinking today uh, you know Jesus Jesus Christ he came to the earth and died for man's sin so God foreshadowed his perfect sacrifice through the offering of slain animals And this system of works Came into play. Do you know when it came into play? Dr. Jimmy.
0: What's that? The system of works. When did the system of works come into play? That's easy Cain and Abel. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, a long Uh, time ago. These sacrifices were only
1: outward, they were symbolic acts of obedience. And unless, it was, unless you had it with a humble heart or contrite heart, they weren't acceptable to God. Just like you said, Cain and Abel. What did Cain do? He offered a sacrifice of works yeah. from the, the fruit of his labor. Yeah. And Abel did a blood sacrifice. Abel sacrificed with faith, whereas Cain depended on works. And from that day forward... It's been a struggle, really, within the church of, of works and faith. Right. Are you justified by what you do, or are you just about, justified by faith?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I will say this. You really don't have one without the other. Faith without works is dead. Works is evidence that you have faith. This, this Satan strategy of incorporating works into this equation has, has started, it started in Genesis. Mm-hmm. And we see it all throughout church. Oh, yeah, history. absolutely. So, really, if you think about it, at no time in history has a person ever been saved by his own merit. Yeah. Nothing that he's ever done has mm-hmm. saved him. Uh, before and during the time of the Mosaic covenant, men were saved by faith alone. Uh, you got Abel, you got Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, who else? Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, hmm. Moses, Rahab. I mean, all of these folks were saved by faith. Oh, well, I mean, and, Rahab
0: was big, too. Yeah. Ooh, oh, it was crazy. Rahab That's was. a whole other lesson. Yeah.
1: And uh, so these Judaizers, they, they, they were not teaching. Uh, even Old Testament doctrine, but the doctrine of Satan. That a person, by his own goodness and his own works, by what they do, they can find favor with God. And that's why Paul, he said, he called them dogs, evildoers, the false circumcision. That's in Philippians 3.2. So, in false circumcision, I don't know if you know this, is, it translates the word it's, Katatom, okay. it's used in the New Testament, and this is it's kind of bad here, but it refers to pagan sexual mutilation. That's what the word refers to. Huh. So, so that's what he said it was like. So circumcision amounted to no more than pagan mutilation.
0: That's pretty brutal. It is brutal. That is brutal. But let's get into the text a little bit. You're kind of overviewing what we're going to talk about as far as uh, what Paul uh, actually confronted uh, Cephas or Peter about. So let's break it break it apart uh, as far as uh, going into text to uh, verse 11. Um, so here we see that uh, it said, when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him uh, to his face because he stood condemned. And say so Paul is uh, basically... Um after Barnabas and Paul, uh, they return from Jerusalem at this point. Uh, and then uh, later on, and, and you've already said, you know, we don't really know how much time had... Passed by the time paul come back from jerusalem where he stood before the council and, and and said this is my gospel or this is the gospel that i'm preaching and so he comes back to antioch well then peter cephas later on comes to visit uh antioch uh, he comes to visit the believers and while he was there can i while you finish your
1: sentence he'd had to he had to been there for a while I mean, it ain't like he just came and met with him and ate for one meal, and then something happened. There has been a period of time yeah, here. Yeah. So it's how long, I don't know, but right. it's, it's been a
0: while. And so after that, you know, Paul and Barnabas uh, went home, or they went back to Antioch. And uh, and so later on, Peter came. came. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. came to visits. And uh, when he did, uh, he apparently just behaved in such a way that, that Paul was compelled to, to rebuke him. Rebuke him right to his face. And, uh, and here's the interesting thing. Here's the interesting thing that, that we see from this. Even though they're on level playing ground, when, when Peter or when Paul goes to Jerusalem to stand before the apostles, he goes and he's face to face with Peter as an equal. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, now he's face to face with Peter as his superior. Mm -hmm. morally as his superior because he's rebuking him Mm -hmm. for what he's done so i mean it's big well here's here's what's
1: happening peter is peter is there he is fellowshipping with the gentiles he's eating with the gentiles he's done away with the law he's saved by god's grace he's justified by faith he is living the church he is living according to god's grace and so when paul comes and he sees what what well we're going to get to that But okay. but but the, the background is man peter's right when, when he's, he's eating with the Gentiles. He's living. Everything he's preached, he's living by. There's no distinction now between Jew and Gentile. We're all saved by grace. There's one body, one church, one faith. And then when Peter comes, something, he noticed something had happened. And we're going to get to that. And he, like you said, so when, Pete, when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood Condemned. For prior to the coming of certain men from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he began to withdraw and hold himself aloft, fearing the party of the circumcision. Mm. So what here, uh, men from James, what does that mean? Well, James, who is James? That's who, That when, when Paul went back to Jerusalem and met with uh the apostles, James was right there with them, and they all agreed what Paul was preaching was right. So when these when these Judaizers come from James, my question is, did they really come from James? We do know that James struggled with his life with some of his traditions. We're always bent towards what we grew up with. Don't you agree, Jimmy? Yeah. yeah. We always, even after being born again, we always struggle with Reverting back to what to what we once were before we got saved. So even James kind of struggled with with reverting back sometimes to some of the customs and traditions. But I think it says they they came from James. I think they were lying when he. uh I'm sorry. Uh, it just hit me. This is crazy. Think about this. I always look at things and try to put in everyday situation, but. Peter when he got there was 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 doing it right, fellowshipping with Gentiles, eating with Gentiles, what does that mean? He was not observing the strict dietary laws of the Mosaic Law. So look, he was eating stuff. So he was he was obedient. When the men from James came, guess what? He withdrew mm. Okay, and here's the deal. You ever watch Greece?
0: The movie, yeah, yeah, yeah John Travolta. Yeah.
1: And what's and what's the girl's name? I, I don't. I didn't watch it. That you close. wasn't even born yet, <laughs> young th- but, uh, yeah. You young. But Olivia Newton John. Yeah, remember that summer when? Did you ever see the movie? No,
0: well, I saw pieces <laughs> of it, parts and pieces of it. My wife did. That's her favorite movie.
1: Well, you need to watch it with her. Y'all spend some good time together. But John Travolta, who was a cool guy, he was kind of in a gang. But that summer. He spent at the beach, and he met Sandy, Olivia Newton-John. And guess what? He was with her hanging out. He wasn't the tough guy with All right, so John Travolta, the new school year, they separate. They come from different places. John Travolta goes back to his school, back to the gang member, mm. and then Olivia Newton-John, he didn't know this, but she was transferred to his school. And so when he saw Sandy, okay, mm. He freaked out.
0: Mm.
1: Okay, she saw she saw somebody who appeared to be a hypocrite because this ain't the same Dude. guy I had on the beach. And 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 what did he do when 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 he was he withdrew and went back? So. Yeah. Does that make any sense? It does.
0: It does. It does. <laughs> I guess you got to watch the movie. No, but it, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. And if you look at our text, uh, in, in light of it... Uh, Forgive me, Lord, for bringing grace in on the script. It's a, that's okay. It, 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 uh, for a lot of the old people that are listening, it, it made perfect sense to them. But uh, he did eat, uh, or, or he says he ate with the Gentiles. That's an imperfect tense mm-hmm. in the text, which means that it was his habit to eat with oh, the yeah. Gentiles. It was his habit. So before the Jews showed up from Jerusalem he peter regularly ate with the gentiles and he obviously saw no problem with it obviously not at all and and, and if we remember that these jews from james and this is where we get to a little more um, um, a little more in depth i guess these jews from james were palestinian jews all right now The Hellenistic Jews like Barnabas and Saul and the others in Antioch, they'd lived among the Gentiles and were more open to association with the Gentiles uh, than the Palestinian Jews. So Peter had previously, even himself back in Acts 11, uh, he was uh, condemned for associating with Gentiles even back then. Mm. And so he began to withdraw he began to draw back and again that's imperfect it means he began to draw himself back uh so uh when uh, when James and these Palestinian Jews come and they see him associating with the gentiles their nature is not to associate with the gentiles mm-hmm. and so uh when when Peter sees that or when they come Peter knows that and so he begins to slowly draw himself away and Paul was like uh... Uh-uh. Hmm. Uh-uh. That's you being a hypocrite, man. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yeah. So
1: they opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. Condemned not meaning lost in the sense of losing your salvation, but condemned meaning guilty of sin. But, man, check this out. You know who Peter was? He was the leader. He was the perceived leader of the apostles. Yeah. I mean, he'd done a lot of things wrong you know but he was he had some he was a leader and for John for uh for Paul to oppose the leader mm-hmm. that just told you the authority that Paul had when he did that you just don't walk up to the to the leader of the, the apostles and oppose
0: him without having authority by God right and he said that the word um to uh To stand condemned, or stood, he stood condemned, um, is katagonosko, is the Greek word, and it means worthy of blame. Mm -hmm. So he stood, he opposed him to his face because he stood worthy of blame. That's big. Mm -hmm.
1: So you know what Peter's doing here? He's actually
0: causing division. Yeah. Division in the church is what he's doing, actually. Well, and here's the thing. Not only was he hypocritical, as the text says, but he was leading others into sin. You know why? Because he was influential. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was a powerful leader. I mean, he was um, people. He influenced others. To trust and obey the Lord. I mean, he was like you said, the the looked upon as the lead or top apostle, uh, the leader amongst the apostles. But in this particular case, he dishonored the Lord, and he led others to dishonor the Lord too.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: so we're all you know before salvation. You know, you
1: think about this: every person, we're all equally separated from God, equally. After salvation, every person is equally reconciled to God. And believers are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible says there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. For they are all one in Jesus Christ. So believers are all children of God. Uh, I was listening to a sermon this past week, Tony Evans. You know Tony Evans, right?
0: Yeah, in Dallas.
1: Yeah, I man, he just had a great message. And he was talking about how we put labels on Christians. Like, you know, let's go from a racial, uh, I'm a white Christian. Mm-hmm. I'm a black Christian. You ever heard this one? I'm a born-again Christian. <laughs> all Christians are born-again. That was a joke.
0: Yeah. I got you, you didn't
1: laugh, but you know if I say I'm a white Christian, well, Christian is the noun, and white is the adjective, which means I was describing the noun, and that could always be changing no we're all Christians, there's no adjectives that describe us. You see what I'm saying, yeah Do you, I'm yeah a, but we we divide. By putting adjectives on our description. Mm-hmm. When God. when Instead of believing who God says we are. And living in obedience to who he says we are. Which is we're all equal. In the sight of him. We're all the same. There's no. There's not a male nor female. There's not a Jew nor Greek. We're all equal. So we need to quit dividing. Amongst the body. Yeah. Peter is dividing why he's reverting back he's leaving the gentiles which he was eating with reverting back
0: to and why was he doing it doing that fear think about this let's lay it out on the tape let's talk about peter for a minute now peter circus had some problems The apostle with a foot-shaped mouth. Oh, I'm telling you, this this cat, I mean, think about it. He. uh, Some valuable lessons learned in his life, in his ministry uh, for us in our life. I mean, it goes to show you that nobody, the life of Peter goes to show you that nobody is so great they can't be tempted to sin. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: I mean, uh, Satan knows where we're most vulnerable. He does. He knew where Peter was most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. He knew where his Achilles heel was he knew how to get to Peter so he had seen Peter deny Christ he had seen it he seen him deny Christ to a group of servants and uh, and so uh, now in Antioch he didn't have any problem Peter eating with the Gentiles until the Jews came and they came from Jerusalem and so he withdraws himself from them Gentiles and so he withdrew himself because he feared Ridicule. Mm -hmm. He feared ridicule. He denied Christ to the servants. Uh, Three times he denied Christ. Why did he do that? I mean, he had secured, Jesus had secured freedom for his disciples. Jesus had secured the place of his disciples. Peter had no threat. There was no threat from those servants to Peter. He still denied Christ because he feared ridicule from them. Same way here, he denies uh, or he, he withdraws from the Gentiles because he has fear of ridicule. And that's his Achilles heel. Here's Peter up here on the far as the totem pole among the apostles and maybe the lead apostle, but he still cares what other people think about him. Yeah,
1: and because he feared that, The message of the gospel was not destroyed, but it was hampered for a season. Hmm. Yeah, It just was.
0: And and, and so Peter being influential, like you talked about, among uh, everybody, uh, that's why Paul called him out. Paul could have called out the rest of the Jews, too, but he didn't call out the rest of the Jews. He only went to Peter because of his influence.
1: You ever been in that situation, Jimmy? You think about this. You know, he was afraid. He feared. What did you know? What he? I think he uh, f- he feared conflict. He feared con-
0: yeah, these people
1: coming from James. Man, they're going to make a big deal out of this. So, what I'm I'm going to withdraw and just ease on over here. That's right. And because uh, if, if I stay here, it's going to be really
0: awkward. Because James isn't someone to mince words. I mean, he knew who he's dealing with. With James,
1: but I, I would venture. I, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to be very careful because the scripture doesn't say this, I'm going to say there's a good chance that these Judaizers aren't coming from James. They're lying. Because, they, because Peter was at the council with James and James confirmed his message. Now, the Judaizers are saying they're coming from James, the one who just confirmed his message. So I think there's a good possibility that they're lying. And when they're coming, uh, he he's... Uh, Peter's scared. It's going to be awkward. Uh, they're going to make a scene. So to avoid the conflict, I'm going to just kind of ease on over here. Uh, very dangerous place to be for Peter. And Paul knew it. And, and the
0: and, and, and lesson here for us today... Is and you talk about separating ourselves and uh, uh, by race, and, 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 and we do that. I mean, how many times do we, as, uh, as representatives of not just the church, but of our personal? Uh, specific churches, our buildings, uh, our certain bodies, mm-hmm. uh, how many times do we refuse or have we refused, even if we didn't intentionally do it, but we subconsciously refuse to to reach out or have some outreach with uh, certain people because they're, quote, unquote, not our kind. Mm-hmm. We don't want them in our body. Whether we admit it or not, or we just subconsciously do that,
1: yeah. uh, we do it. We do it. Jimmy, that's why... I- we have to intentionally always be aware of that. We really do. Yeah. Because it is in our flesh to run with people that look like us, smell like us, have things in common with us. So we always need to be aware that Jesus never, never was a respecter of persons. He didn't care who you were, whether you were uh, Peter the Apostle or Uh, the woman at the well, he, there was no respect of persons and we, we have to make a conscious effort not to, to, uh, be be where we pick and choose who we hang around and live life with.
0: That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. And that's why this whole situation uh, we can sit back today because we weren't in it in that that specific time in place in history. Now we face some of it today, and we even see our world today uh, getting divided and being divided over racial issues. And and this is somewhat some of the same. But uh, I mean, look look at look at it now, just from a broad perspective. We know today that this is a silly fight of them not fellowshipping with each other. Why? Because we know today that Gentiles, even though Jews were God's chosen people, right? Mm-hmm. Gentiles have also been saved since the foundation of the world. Mm -hmm. So they've been saved just as long as the Jews. And so there was never a time in the mind of God that Gentiles weren't saved. So uh, it wasn't just something that God reacted and said, well, my people, my chosen race has rejected me. So I'm going to go out and and, go to plan B, go to plan B. No, they've always all been saved since the foundation of the world. And so we see that as a silly, foolish fight. But in that day and time, it wasn't silly and foolish to them Mm -hmm. just like we see today some of us some of us see that this whole race division that's going on in our country is silly and foolish but to some people it's not right and that's where they are right now in in this specific moment in time Uh, and the rest of the jews
1: joined him in hypocrisy with the result that even barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy Paul's probably like, oh no, Barnabas is my boy. Man, we pastored together. We've been on mission trips together, and even Barnabas, the one who I've served with, the one who welcomed me and took me to Jerusalem to the apostle, even he was deviating from the gospel of grace with Peter. Now that's got to hurt. Yeah, absolutely. That's got to hurt, and I guarantee you, he was that probably up upset him even more to see his a brother so closely because he was an acquaintance of Peter but man he served and pastored and and went on mission trips with Barnabas yeah. to see him so that just tells you Jimmy it's
0: it like can, it can happen to anybody it's like if me today knowing how much time you and I have walked together spent together it's like if i go home you know, a couple of months from now, and I'm at home, and and I uh, flip on the television, and I see Phil preaching a dual sermon on the television with Joel Osteen. What in the world? I would be like, what are you doing? What are you doing, Phil? It's the same thing. You come call me out, condemn me. I would. I'd, I'd publicly. I'd go to that church. What is it, Lake Lakeside? <laughs> What is like, this? Lakewood, Lakewood is that his church? Uh, anyway, that's I'm, I'm being funny, but it's the same. It's the truth. I know the real gospel is not being preached by Joel Osteen, and so if I would see a brother of mine uh, fellowshipping with him uh, in a way that in a way that was showing approval to the gospel or lack thereof that he is preaching, it would hurt. It mm-hmm. would be like, man, what are you doing?
1: You hypocrite, exactly. So that, the Greek term behind hypocrisy. Uh, originally referred to an actor wearing a mask to indicate a particular mood or type of character. A hypocrite is someone who, like a Greek actor, masks his true self. That's what they were doing. So, but this affected, if you read in uh, I think it's in Acts 15. Uh, let me see if I can pull that up. Acts hey, this possibly could have affected uh, Paul and Barnabas a little bit later. Uh, it says in Acts fifteen thirty-seven. 37. Here it is. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them who departed from them from, I can't say that word, and went not with them the work and the and the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other and so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus so there is some contention with Paul and Barnabas and I don't know if it's it had something to do with what Barnabas was doing here but it very well could have caused some tension and yeah. and some possible well, distrust.
0: Well, it's like this. It's like what I just gave you that example that I just gave you. If I witness that a brother that I've walked with that I have uh studied with as deeply as you and I have studied together and then I witness that sometime later it's going to cause some tension and distrust, and you know, even if there is a reconciliation, in the back of my mind, it's always going to be like, you know, That's up, what is he really thinking? You know, why did yep. he do that in the begin with? Am yep. I, can I ever trust him fully again? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can understand that.
1: So I got a couple points that that I've gotten from from what can we learn from Peter's failure here at Antioch? First, we can learn that. That even gifted ministers can commit serious transgressions. Yeah. Nobody, nobody is beyond sin and doing something that's terribly, terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. So it happened to Peter, it can happen to Jimmy. Never, and I tell, never say never. That's right. Never, never say never. That's right. Because yeah, look, if it can happen to the to the lead apostle, the <laughs> leader, it, yeah. it can happen to Philip Dean Ramsey, and
0: and it has and, multiple occasions. But but the point is taken, well yeah, taken.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And second, we learned that faithfulness involves more mm-hmm. than believing the right doctrine, right doctrine without right behavior. Always leads to hypocrisy. That's right. Uh, third. Uh, we can learn that. that uh, Truth is more important. Than outward harmony. And peace. Think about that for a minute. Truth is more important. Than outward harmony. And peace. So what does that mean? I mean sometimes. When there's things that have gone wrong. What we try to do is keep the harmony when we should be more focused on walking and keeping the truth. That's right. But if we address the truth, that creates disharmony, and there's conflict, and we always run from conflict. So we need to deal with it as hard as it is. If I'm out of step with the gospel, as bad as Jimmy doesn't want to come to me and, and deal with it, we need to stick with the truth. That applies to our lives that applies to our our church lives in the body with other believers. We can't run from that, yeah, Jimmy, another thing that we can learn is that falsehood is not to be ignored. Think about it. what Peter was doing was in the public. this sin that was being committed was a in a public sin when I say public sin is the the scripture says, I'm reading in first Timothy five twenty, them that sin rebuke before all that others also may fear. So when when there's a a sin that is public, then if you now there's times when you deal with sin with individuals and not in the public, but when there is a public sin, then then you have scriptural uh Permission. permission to rebuke and to confront in a public way and not to do that, not to do that. What You think about this. If there were a group of Christians, let's just, and let's just, can we use Jimmy as an example? Jimmy was a part of a group of Christians and Jimmy did crack cocaine in the public arena Everybody saw it. What if the people that saw it said, Well look at there. Jimmy's doing crack cocaine and he's a part of the church and they're not even doing nothing about it. You know. So but if he was if it was dealt with publicly, they would know that it was dealt with. Hmm. Do you see what I'm trying to say? I, I do,
0: I do. But
1: if you don't deal with it, then it's almost Okay.
0: Well, and and, and and I guess to to um, expound on that a little bit, it's it's also in a sense of uh, you know taking a look at Peter being so influential, and especially if you have a person that influences other believers, um, then and they're making comments publicly, uh, you want to rebuke them publicly so that these other believers that they've been influencing influencing can see hey they're being rebuked he's being rebuked from uh, he's being rebuked because of the things that he has taught us so therefore in a sense we're being rebuked or not being rebuked but more so retaught does that make sense yeah in paul's heart when
1: he's doing this it it isn't to to slam him and disgrade him it is to restore him back to the gospel
0: yeah i mean and basically if we if we jump into the next verse verse 14 go ahead he says but when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel I said to Cephas in the presence of all if you being a Jew live like the Gentiles and not like the Jews how is it that you compel the Gentiles to live like the Jews and so what he is saying here is that uh, what we're talking about is is, is, is his public confrontation of, uh, of Peter,
1: let me read this from Augustine. It is not advantageous to correct in secret an error which occurred publicly. Unless the public sin of a behavior is dealt with publicly, people will think the church does not take sin seriously and therefore gives tactic approval of it. A church that does not discipline sinning members, including the most prominent members, loses its credibility because it does not take seriously its own doctrines and standards. A child who is not disciplined when he does wrong soon concludes that his parents' standards are not really very important because they are not enforced.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and um, and that, and that's kind of what I think uh, that Paul is going here. I mean, he rebuked him publicly uh, because of the other Jews that were following him, not just the Gentiles that were here, but it was because of the Jews that were following him and saying, you know, they they he knew they would uh, maybe the fear of ridicule or whatever, and so he's saying, look, man, he said, uh, you know we just dealt with this in Jerusalem Mm -hmm. and now you're coming down here and striking the very point that we just settled. You're, you're absolutely just, just going against everything that we just did. And so, um, in his mind, Paul is thinking, well, what is he doing? Is he is, is you know, if we together, just came to an agreement that the gospel we are preaching that that I Paul am preaching and that you Peter are preaching and that they that it's correct if we are saying we just settled this that 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 we can't be saved by works of the law then why are we are why are you opposing this on the gentiles mm-hmm. why and so that's what he's saying. If if you, being a Jew, live like the Gentiles and not like the Jews, how is it that you can compel the Gentiles to live like the Jews? Why are you are you trying to Judaize them? Mm-hmm.
1: Jimmy, I think one of the things that we definitely can learn, and we've said it before, is look, it can happen to anybody. I, years ago, if anybody knows me, and I know a lot of people that do that, I'm that's listening. Boy, I had a problem with alcohol. I really did. I was. I just did had I drank a lot of alcohol and uh, when I got saved, did my desire to drink stop? No, it didn't. but as I grew in my faith, uh, the desire did did uh, did slow down quite a bit. and I remember years ago I was working and I was a new Christian and as a new Christian, people that were around me. They knew I was a Christian, and they they would see me re- reading the Bible, and uh, trying to witness to the best that I could based on where I was as a new believer. You know, not knowing much, but I knew Jesus, and that was enough. But I remember when we were at when I worked at this place, there was a a, a Christmas party. So the guys that I worked with, we went to a bar that had a pool table. Well, I went with good intentions, and then when I got into the atmosphere of what was going on, it wasn't long before Phil started drinking beer again, Hmm. and uh, I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm saying for me that night it was wrong, and uh, it it wasn't uh, one beer. It was numerous beers. And so I quickly reverted back and how easily I fell back into the lifestyle that God delivered me from by His grace.
0: Yeah, and it all goes to the point of, of, uh, and I think we, we failed to mention uh, today, and I thought about it a couple of times, but I couldn't really work it in, but it all goes back to, to a lot of it is uh, causing your brother to stumble. You know, you can do a lot of things, like you said, and, you know, drinking a beer is not necessarily bad, but if you do it in a setting where you could possibly cause a brother to stumble, especially one that you maybe been witnessing to, you maybe been sharing the gospel with and, and, and pouring your life into, and maybe he's a recovering alcoholic, and you yourself, uh, you say, man, you know, um, you've got to, you know, you're sharing with him, but then he sees you drinking. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, you know, it's not so bad. Feels a, a church-going guy, and he's been talking to me about Jesus, and he's drinking, so it must be all right for me to drink. And this guy, boom, falls right back into alcoholism. Well, we
1: got a lot more to go before we finish, but I, I see that our clock has uh, we've come to an end. But I could say, as we stated before, this is a message of justification by faith alone. And, Jimmy, when you think about justification what what sticks out in my mind is justification is a act of god and it's not your act it's his act mm. he is the one who justifies and in god's court it's a little different than our court when you walk in you're innocent until proven guilty right in god's court every human being ever born is guilty Until proven innocent. Mm. So it's kind of just the opposite. So we need to be justified. We all stand before God. Guilty. Deserving to go. To hell. But we do have a hope. And that hope is Jesus. Because he lived a perfect life. And he fulfilled every law. That was every law he fulfilled, every jot, every tittle, and but because of that, and because of my faith in him, and what he, what he has done, God, when he looks at Phil, he sees Jesus, because of his life, not my life. Yeah. I'm bankrupt. I'm guilty, but in Christ, I'm been set free. And our listeners today, you can be set free also. When you're born. The Bible says you're born in sin. You're in chains. You're a slave to sin. Only doing the will of your master, which is Satan. So I remember in my life when I was in that situation, and then God, by His grace, set me free, justified my life because of... The faith that I had in the son and what he done, the finished work that he had done, he came, he lived the perfect life, he died the perfect death. And because of his life and me believing what he did and repenting of my sins, God says, feel you are justified by that faith that you have. Believing, in my opinion, based on scripture, is you follow. You live by what you believe.
0: And it's not works. It's evidence that you truly believe. You know, the the, the big question that, that that we a lot of times like to ask uh, folks when we're out witnessing is, uh, you know, what does it take for a man to stand right before mm-hmm. God? And and you're looking for some semblance of an answer toward Jesus. Uh, an answer is, is, you know, there's no right or wrong quote-unquote answer to that question as far as it goes. I mean, yeah, there is a right or wrong answer, but there's not... Uh, you know we're not looking for a b c d here you right. know it all has to focus on of, of saying hey you know how do i stand right before god i i can't Mm-mm. i'm unable to stand right before god the only way that i can uh gain favor with god is through through the through the the death burial and resurrection of jesus christ
1: well uh When Jesus talked to Nicodemus, what did he tell him? You must be born again. In order to see the kingdom, you must be born again. That's right. And how do you do that? You don't. It ain't done by works of righteousness. It's all in Christ and what he's done. So you have nothing to add to the equation.
0: Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But believe it. That's right. That's right. That's right. And then you believe it, and then through that belief, through that faith, comes repentance. Comes mm-hmm. repentance. And and without that repentance, there's really no change. Right. There's no change. And and so without that repentance, there was never belief. Mm-hmm. And so you know, it's it's all combined. Uh, but yeah, it's big, man. It's it's something that we need to realize that that we are not, um, we're not in possession of any kind of power that's not first granted to us by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit grants us the power in order to believe. The Holy Spirit grants us the power in order to repent. And it's through that that we receive the justification. We receive first the faith and then comes the justification. And it's all given to us by the Spirit.
1: Yeah. So one verse, Jim, that just kind of sums it up for me is Romans 3.28. Therefore, we conclude... That a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. That's it. Mm. We are
0: justified by faith. Father, we love you. Lord God, thank you. God, I just thank you so much that, uh, that you are in control. You are sovereignly in control of every aspect, not only of our lives, but every aspect of everybody's life and everything that goes on on this planet. Father, we can't do it without you. We are powerless without you. We think we can do it on our own, but Father, that's nothing but pride. That's nothing but pride that you call an abomination that that is just, uh, that is just, Filth before you, Lord, and so we repent of our pride, God, and we just thank you that you are in control of every bit of it. And Lord, I just I just wanna I wanna pray to you now that uh, that your word says that 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 you come that Jesus come to seek and save the lost. And Lord, I just pray that uh, they come to you in repentance, they believe upon the name of Jesus, and they are become a, a child of God today. Father, I pray these things uh, wholeheartedly in the holy, righteous, and beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we'll pick back
1: up with, we'll be back in chapter two and we'll wind that up. If, if it
0: gets a little crazy,
1: we might even jump off into three a little bit. Uh
0: oh, don't no, get down. No, you're getting dangerous now, Phil. <laughs> that's it alright so we will see you back here bright and early next week I do want to remind you before we get out of here uh, uh, to, to check out the podcast on our website at lifesongradio.com if you want to if you wanna point somebody in the direction of our show just send them to lifesongradio.com the latest episode and, and uh, older episodes are always available there now you can check out the podcast on iTunes as well uh, just search Lifesong Radio uh, within the podcast app for iTunes uh, uh, you can find us uh, several different ways on Facebook Facebook Lifesong Radio, and we'd always love to hear from you. You can go to LifesongRadio.com and click on Contact Us and send us a message. If you have any questions, you want us to pray for you, or anything like that, we just point you to LifesongRadio.com. All right, we'll see you back here bright and early next week on Lifesong Radio.